Welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects podcast. Today, with righteous indignation, but we'll get into that in a second. Today, I have with me my co-hosts, Chris Goosen. Hello. And Warren Dutoy. Finally, hello. <laughs> Warren is back. I missed the Warren last two, yeah. We missed you, Warren. We, we missed always you. miss you. Oh, I missed you guys too. Jeez. It's been, a, it's been a while, yeah, but Microsoft's keeping me busy. Hmm. You know, <laughs> I think you should give up your day job and podcast for a living. Soon, soon. When I, when I can learn how to forex trade properly and not lose all my money, it may actually be a thing. No, no, no. You must, you must hear my forex stories. At least Staying you're not crypto mining, man. At least you're not crypto no, mining. No, no, no. So, so you see, this is, this is the thing. So you lose all your money in crypto first and realize how stupid it is. Okay. Then what you do is you move over to like Forex where you've got proper currencies that actually exist for real countries. And then you realize, wow, this is actually, this makes sense. Elon Musk can't, can't influence the, the British pound. He can't. It just doesn't work like that. Well, we, we're, 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 we're <laughs> been good, doing a great job on that on our own front. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. But what I'm saying is, I mean, that, that then sort of becomes a little bit more predictable. So I think right now, as far as crypto is concerned, if you're not trading just Bitcoin and Ethereum, I mean, it's just, I don't know, taking chances. And, and if, if you pause on that... I was going to say, if you're tuned in expecting a cloud podcast, uh, you may be surprised getting some financial advice from Warren. No, 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 There's a big disclaimer. We're going to put a ticker at the bottom. This is not That's all the YouTubers have to do. This is not financial advice. But then they get financial advice. This is not financial advice. This is Warren's. This is Warren's opinion, and he's an idiot sometimes. And and it's it's its private journey, and um. All informational is uh, for informational and educational purposes only. Educational and entertainment that, purposes. <laughs> and education, yes, yes. <laughs> entertainment, education. And with that, I'd like to introduce the adult in the room, Tom Arbuthnot. Well, that, that feels like a lot of responsibility. Hey, everybody, thanks for having me on the pod. <laughs> Good to see you, Tom. <laughs> thanks for joining it's, us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and thank you for uh, allowing us to take, I don't know, um, how many minutes has it been to finally get to the introduction? Hello, Tom. Hey, hey, everybody. Nice to be on the pod. Um, yeah, it's, uh, this is a bit of an unusual pod for me because you guys are a little bit out of my usual uh, my usual world of Microsoft UC and Teams. So I appreciate you having me on. Well, we well, all know and love you, Tom. Um, I think the last time we caught up was at uh, uh, Comsv Next in Denver not too long ago. Yeah. Um, your your uh, keynote was just magic, by the way. But for oh, those listeners who don't know who you are, do you mind... Uh, giving them a bit of an introduction as to who you are and what you do and where you come from? Yeah, sure, Chris. So, so uh, I, I live in the Microsoft UC world. So uh, many, many years ago, I worked at a Cisco partner launching the original call manager. People that go that, that far. Um, more than a decade ago, I switched over to the Microsoft side of the fence around the uh, OCS wow. R2 time, then went through Link, Skype for Business, and now Teams. And in the last decade or so, I worked at an MSP called Modality, who specialised in that area. So it's mostly big enterprise, so EY, SAP, AstraZeneca, Novartis, those type of customers. Um, but just this year, I've spun out and built my own company. So I'm wearing two hats at the moment. I work a couple of days a week for an operator, Pure IP, doing kind of solutions uh, directly for them. And the rest of my time, I'm on Empowering Cloud. And the concept there is a, a Microsoft Teams professional community. So training, advice, content, and uh, it's, it's 
two tier it's all sponsor back so we've got some great sponsors so loads of free content and then for those that need it someone needs to get the door <laughs> for those that need it is the um there's a kind of uh, a paid program for getting like things like pre-sales and, and sales through training and generally bringing partners up to speed on teams that that's i mean that's a it sounds like a bit of a uh, a bit of a leap from where you were before and i imagine the types of customers and it's a that you lot. Were, yes i mean obviously there's there's <laughs> a lot right juggling a lot of balls but a lot, different types of customers and things as well yeah it's interesting so so working in that world for so long i saw that enterprises were doing more and more in house so they were bringing subject matter experts and that's mostly what i was doing towards the end was strategy and then they'd have because cloud gets a bit easier to do in-house they do a lot of in-house or they bring in partners for very specific runs so you know four weeks six weeks get teams done um <clears throat> and the old model which we used to have of looking after servers and skype business was going away so i thought there was an opportunity to help those enterprises but as i span out and built the platform and i'm not on my own by the way i've got another mvp called tom morgan um james rod who was the old ceo of modality is, is working with me as well so it's not all on my shoulders fortunately um at, I realized that loads and loads of partners actually help, particularly partners new to the world. So the Cisco partners, the AV partners, I mean, teams are just blowing up and it's really impacting the whole industry. Uh, and you guys know, I mean, you, you cover a lot of ground, different technologies, but like teams has just been such a big rate of change. People are struggling to keep up with all the changes, all the new features. So the, the, the fact that they can come and get kind of a 15 minute briefing just to catch up is, it seems to be really resonating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to say, Tom, you and I have worked on demystifying um, the the core quality aspect of, um, I nearly wanted to call it Skype. Um, it's funny how old muscles sometimes yeah, fire, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, um, and Skype for Business isn't really dead. We're still finding it out there. It's um, or, or, um, enterprise voice, as, as it's called. But uh, we early on the show, had a little bit of righteous indignation before the show, actually, from Warren, where he was asking, why, why are so many people complaining about Team's voice? And to be fair, Team's voice is not that difficult to do right. The principles behind Team's voice are actually pretty simple. The problem that we have is enterprise networking and getting the voice out on the other side of that enterprise network. Would you agree? Which is yeah, you, which has been the problem. Which has been the problem since voice over IP was invented. It, it, it totally hasn't. But the interesting, the problems pivoted slightly. So if you think about Skype for Business, most enterprises would run those servers on their uh, somewhere on their internal network or their internal DC, um, or at least have very good bandwidth to a colo. So so yeah. most of the conferences and the users were in office and they were on net. And, and then when they try to break out to the internet, so like they do federated calls, the proxies and the firewalls would trip them up and they'd have issues or people coming in to that server for a conference. The, the problem has kind of pivoted now, interestingly, is obviously Teams is in the cloud. Microsoft's connectivity to most ISPs is really strong. So if you're working mm -hmm. from home and you've not got terrible bandwidth, you're probably gonna have a good Teams experience. But mm -hmm. now as we go to hybrid and back people back in the office, they're all trying to get from the office out and they're getting tripped up by the corporate network. So it's, it's, it's bad corporate Wi-Fi, wi uh, proxies, firewalls, almost getting out to the internet. So the, the problem is, interestingly, if you look at the stats in these enterprises, the office users are often having a worse experience than the home users. Mm. To follow that up, you said, if you look at the stats, 
And it's really difficult to instrument a black box until you open up that black box and and show someone, well, do you know that your your 2.4 gigahertz spectrum is actually it's, it's a complete mess, and uh, and 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 your your local hardware that you're using is a mess, and how do how do folks actually see that, Tom? Yeah, so so Microsoft have um, always had some instrumentation in the box, some reporting, and and recently, kind of in the last. 12 24 months it's got much better so there's um what's called call analytics in the teams admin center so that's kind of your uh second line type reporting you can look up an individual user you can see their calls and you can see things like oh they're using pc mic and speakers or oh they're on a very old set of hardware that kind of thing um, and then if you're a little bit more advanced kind of tier three to tier four there's call quality dashboard which is a set of power bi reports and to be honest, they're fairly intense. Like there's quite a lot to them, a lot of data, um, but the data is there and it's able to be sliced and diced. Uh, it's not like 100%, it's not perfect, but it's more than enough for most organizations to get a good idea of what's going on. And then of course, there's an API. So you have lots of third parties in play who suck that data in, slice and dice it, and they can do clever things on top of the data, like you know, compare it to other network data, compare it to ISP data, or potentially give you things like proactive alerting and reporting rather than you, the IT pro, having to sift through it. It doesn't sound easy, Tom. It's, it's, it's non-trivial at the, at the top end. So it's definitely, and it's become more of a niche. I mean, to be fair mm. to Teams and the other UC platforms, they've all improved. They're using lots of uh, adaptive codecs now that deal with packet loss, jitter, latency way better than we have back in the Skype days. So the mm. problem is getting less, like mathematically, you look at the numbers, like less people are impacted than they used to be. You can get mm. away with more. Things like doing calls on your cellular now is quite plausible, where it really wasn't in some the early codecs mm. Um, mm. but yes if you're dealing with an enterprise with hundreds of sites potentially and tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of users um, what, what you're really looking for in my opinion is the low-hanging fruit and you mentioned things like 2.4 gigahertz wi-fi that's a classic one like offices shouldn't be using that they should be on 5 gigahertz really so immediately you're like well there's a problem point there's a problem point um, the other one you you mentioned as well is devices like what however good the network and the codecs are you know mm -hmm. garbage in garbage out so people using yeah. you know shouting at their laptops uh, at starbucks are going to be in for a bad time <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we've we've said over the years and and this is a predominant theme that is still out there in cloud and we we saw actually that cloud user experiences got better when folks went home and from a hybrid point of view it's also pretty good because my 3g tends to have more and 3g on the low end right if we go to 5g latency and and the amount of total bandwidth available as well as a, a modern device but that, that core quality is pretty crisp and uh, we've had calls amongst this group literally going from continent to continent on on 3g with over teams with and it, it was live it was real time it was wonderful and we get back to one of the the soapbox uh, rants that i have which is that the network that is built to browse is not the same network that can consume cloud services and if you've got any layer of inspection and you've got firewalls that are optimized for browsing as opposed to consuming cloud you will have um if we're being polite a suboptimal experience if we're not being polite it's just going to be crap 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, those proxies and, and firewalls that are trying to be clever around inspection cause all sorts of challenges. And, and Microsoft are really good about, they have docs, they have all their IP ranges listed. Some of the proxy providers even have like a, a one magic button now to say, mm. I trust Microsoft and, and everything mm. I said, Scalar, and they'll automatically bypass all those relevant IPs. But mm. it is still a battle between security people who, who want mm. to inspect everything and kind of our side of the house who are like, well, like let's be realistic all your data is already in microsoft's dc like like, like you you implicitly trust microsoft right because they've got all your sharepoint yes. all your email all your, yeah. all your meeting content so um you're right the other thing i would add there that's quite interesting i see a lot of is um people think bandwidth means good quality so you'll get mm. people that have an issue mm-hmm. and they'll do a speed test and they'll be like look i've got a hundred up a hundred down i'm like well cool yeah. like that's raw throughput but what about your jitter and your latency like and they're on you know some wi-fi that will home routers introducing loads of jitter so they've got the throughput but it's not the consistent bandwidth mm. and we actually don't want tons of bandwidth we just want consistency really Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is that um, for a little while, and the guys know, and I guess everyone listening to this podcast knows that I've been complaining about my bandwidth for a while. Um, <laughs> and I, well, complain no more. I now have fiber to the house. So we won't, we won't need to take up many future nice. podcast episodes by me complaining about my bandwidth. But for a little while, I was using uh, the this, this SpaceX Starlink service um, just as a, as a backup because I needed ba- more bandwidth than I could get. But man, the latency on that is horrible. Yeah. And it was really, really bad for Teams calls. So I ended up having to like, on my firewall, anything that was Teams related or, you know, just ship it out the old line because even though way less bandwidth, it was a much more consistent connection. Yeah. So I've yeah. literally experienced that firsthand recently. And, that, and, and that's a really niche conversation, isn't it? For, you know, real mm. people, quote unquote, you know, people at home, like they, yeah. they, they associate speed with bandwidth, not the quality of the it's bandwidth. True. As it were. It's true. There is a massive education exercise I think we struggle with because I've had customers who have migrated away from Google and saying, but never had this issue with Google Voice. Why am I having this thing on Teams Voice? And it's we're not comparing apples with apples. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be can be different. Also, you, you often get people that just haven't used you know home voice services so that they've always mm. used cell and now they're heavily using video at home so maybe they got away mm. with the odd the odd webex call or something but now they're on teams nine to five on video calls working from home and it's a a very different proposition the other thing that you see something is um obviously this happened a lot through the pandemic particularly was everybody's at home so from mm-hmm. the odd day at home to two kids and and two parents maybe and all smashing the bandwidth was a very different thing Hmm. and i think we're also because of that everyone's spending a lot more time in online meetings right like i remarked before it might even before you joined the, the, the conversation earlier like today was my first time ever where i had eight hours of just teams calls and my last one lasted four and a half hours i was on a on a on a call one call four and a half hours um that's happening, I think, a lot more, you know, than than ever before, because this whole like work from home thing is is essentially, you know, death by hmm. insert your video platform here. Yes, yeah, I think we're 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 part way through kind of a a transition, or I hope we're part way through. This isn't the end of it, but like obviously, when when the work from home hybrid thing happened, everybody's out. We need to communicate and we make that real time so we do endless meetings yeah. if you look forward it's, it's going to have to just for productivity sake come to a point where we're a bit more efficient about 
asynchronous communication. So what's the objectives? Who's doing what? Right, we come back and use the meeting to communicate about things we need to interact with, not to broadcast information. Um, so if you look at what Microsoft's doing, and they've bought the OKR tooling, the objective and key results tooling they, they brought into Viva, like I, we're not there yet from what I see in, in the customers I work with, but you'll get to a point where teams actually understand what they're trying to achieve, who's doing what, they can check in asynchronously on teams, you know, chat and, and project board things. Then when we come together, we're all on the same baseline. It's really things we need to actually interact with to get things done. We're not just broadcasting. Here's what I did this week, and here's what I'm doing next week. So somebody can go look at the chart for that. They don't need. Have you guys, have you guys got the survey results at the end yet? I don't know if it's a new feature that's just so like when you end a call, it says this meeting sucked because this meeting could have been better because this meeting had a lot of this. Have you got that yet? Yeah, Microsoft pushed out at random, so you can. I think admins can adjust the the, the levels of it. But yeah, it's because okay. I, I mean I, we get it all we get it all the time. We get it after like every meeting, right? Oh, on okay. The, on the Microsoft tenant, and it like gives you you know like where your objectives received were achieved for the meeting. Oh yes, they, like they've added they've added like, yeah, yeah they've added stuff it's about like the little, meeting, like not, not survey, the quality. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, no, it's actually it's, like, it's not it's not the the the, 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 the actual physical quality of the call. Yeah. It was it a good call? You know, did the guy did the guy have an agenda? Yeah. Because if there wasn't an agenda, would it have made the call better and that sort of stuff? So I mean, I think that's also cool because then you not start to get these insights mm -hmm. to say, okay, well, this guy who organizes this bunch of meetings is actually wasting everybody's time. He's making too many meetings because yeah. he's obviously got some sort of rating in the portal to say, Ash, I think it's a meeting for this uh, guy. And I think that's the plan with that feedback is it will go back like mm. not not not. Uh, person a said your meeting was rubbish but like the collective mm. response of your meetings mm. is they mm. could be more structured or that they, yeah, they're, mm. they're whatever they are um, which i think is really powerful because it, it, it's also difficult to particularly if it's it's a, a, a high, higher up person and running the meeting to directly feed that stuff back so if mm. microsoft can help that that'd be awesome see i think you you touched on a, an interesting point uh before which i think is reinforced by what warren just said which is we're it, we're in this evolution and really the only way to, to to kind of get the best most out of it is by taking the new tools that we have and also helping develop new ways of working you know to, to just be stuck in well we used to do this before and we had six stand-ups every week before now we're just going to do the same thing but with a different tooling it's yeah. not necessarily as efficient as as being able to take all yeah. the, the, the new innovations and say well this is a complete evolution of how we work not just the clients and the tool and the endpoint we use but also the way we engage with teammates and, and and things like that. So I find that really interesting. And I feel like if you were to pull on that string, you could potentially go down a rabbit hole of a, you know, a completely different discussion. It, it's super interesting. Like, and also it's funny, I my role, um, so in, in my previous life in modality, I was a, a product manager for a reporting product as well, hence I have a lot of knowledge in that area. Um, but I span kind of the business and the tech world. And if you look at the tech world, even when we're disorganized, we're reasonably organized. Like most things have a project manager. In the development world, you've got, you know, Scrum and stand-ups and methodologies there. Um, you look at the business world by comparison, and it's quite interesting. It's, it's, it's 
much more chaotic. You know, people rock up to meetings, they say some things, they go away. Two weeks later, they rock up to the same meeting, they say the same things. Like there's there's a lot I think on the IT side about mm. structure and planning that often isn't on the business side. And so we think we're not great. You, you you see some of the business side things, and it's like well, actually, there's a lot that could be learned across the whole organization, IT and the rest of the business around structure and objectives and planning and reporting for sure hmm. that's interesting well, and i never actually considered that right that that hey we're ahead of the head of the pack <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel like it does it but, but, <laughs> Not always. but uh, you know a lot, a lot of business side stuff is around you know it comes down to relationships and politics and conversations mm-hmm. more than you know uh, not always you know but like that that's often a big factor um we're, we're fairly measured in IT, even when we're we're late on imperfect, where at least we have we had some kind of plan usually. <laughs> it's, it's true, and I'm finding this from a how do we talk to customers about Viva, and they're going well. Who who do we have this conversation with? Because the IT people don't care about OKRs; they care about things like call quality, right? Because that's what we incentivize to do. And then yeah. we need to find the HR person in the room to say, well, can we talk about productivity and and OKRs? And it's not this fuzzy, soft thing that is meaningless. It, it actually boils down to pounds and cents at the end of the day. And uh, that goes back down to how frustrating is a meeting. And if a meeting, you know, if people are, are connecting, disconnecting all the time, or everyone else has got video except that one person, and then they're complaining about, well, you're... There's too much video going on and I can't hear everyone. Then you've got that mesh of um, technicalities and the things that, um, in air quotes, that human beings care about in the business. And it all can be a little bit of a mess and then Teams gets a bad rap for um, something that's not its fault. Yeah, you, you use the word mesh there, which is a whole interesting pivot into the whole idea of having uh, virtual avatars as well as, as part of yes. this conversation i don't know if the world is ready for this though hey like uh, we, we we do a lot of the these these mtc type stuff you know with hololens and you know customers will come in and they'll play around with what it's like to be inside the metaverse and take calls and it's like whole yeah. virtual reality space but if you look at like meta specifically and how they tanked this year i mean they lost 25 yeah. percent of their stock price because they're focusing so heavily on the metaverse, but I, I don't know. Hey, I don't think people are ready for it. I don't. Like, I'm, I'm kind of with you. One, it, yeah. It's way out there, but I, I, I think mm. it's coming. Like the, yeah, the, the way, and actually, I mentioned it in that keynote. Come to me next. It's like um, we're at the giant mobile phone stage. You know, the mobile phone mm. with the suitcase battery. Like, like people are like that's crazy why would you carry that thing around to make phone calls yeah. i feel like that's yeah, where vr and ar is it's like no this is crazy this massive headset yeah. and this crazy you know two grand pc to drive it and everything else we're, we're that technology will get better but i don't yeah, think sure. I, I don't i don't see us uh, uh, we'll see we'll come back on the pod in five years <laughs> well like we're uh, like i don't see us all being in vr all day i think ar is really interesting things like you know when you get yes, into product design exactly, car design yeah. like like for a oh. use case the other thing i'm seeing resonate really well is vr for specific events and mm. the one thing i'm hearing back from that is 
the immersion causes focus. So we're all, you know, most of us are working from home at the moment. Like we're, we're, we're on a meeting while we're on our phone, while we're browsing the web, while we're doing our email. With VR and to a lesser extent AR, you're, you're forced into that session, that meeting, that event, um, a bit like in-person events. So, so, so for immersion, I think it's really interesting, but I'm kind of with you. Like with, it's, it's very early days. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, optimistic forecasting around us all being in the metaverse in the imminently which I, I don't see just from a from a cost and bandwidth point of view as well it's, it's, it's a big jump yeah i think mm. and I, I i agree i think um i think there are going to be certain use cases where the technology is going to really shine but i also think there's yeah there's going to be other things that are going to be slower to um to adopt I, you know i if i'm honest i'm i'm the guy without my camera on most of the time right like i you know i <laughs> I, I'm not. I just don't like being on video all the time, and and the guys will know, and anyone who listens to this, to, to this uh, show knows that I was the one who also didn't necessarily want to be doing video to begin with, and do YouTube and all of that kind of stuff because you know I, I just like you, you can got, my you got dragged along, Chris. Yeah, I did. You know, and, and get off my lawn, kids. <laughs> for better or worse, right? Right, better or worse, it, it it's one of those things. But I also. I make a conscious effort, right? And I, I kind of have this compromise now with my my sort of day-to-day where if I'm talking to customers, uh, I'll have my, my, and especially if I'm presenting, I'll have my video on. But if I'm just a, you know, passive participant in a meeting, no. you, you don't need to see me. You can see my, my uh, you know, my, uh, my mug shot and that's good enough. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I'm, I'm very video first and obviously mm. I live in this world, right? So we always have been. Mm. It, it's I find it hard if I'm presenting to a room, a virtual room of people without their video on because I can't gauge their engagement. And, yeah. and I've literally yes. kind of, I've stopped customer meetings before where I'm like, there's 12 people on here. Everybody's on mute. Like, no, is it like, like, do we want to just cut this guy? It's like, does anybody care about what I'm saying? Because, like, yeah. like, if you don't, it's cool. It's like, fair. like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, just to prompt some engagement. And they're like, oh, no, no, we are listening. Blah, blah, blah. Like, just, just kind of forcing the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, interestingly, that's where the avatars come in because that's not for mm. metaverse 3D world headsets. Yeah. That's just the idea of having this, you know, um, animated person represent you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that might be po- popular for that exact use case, Chris. And I was quite cynical about that. But um, being on the tap tenants, I've seen quite a few meetings where people are putting those on there. I can't, I can't get man to look like me, though. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's, 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 that's a different problem, isn't it? <laughs> no, like, the, the beard's either too long or it's too short or the hair, no, the colors are completely wrong. So the funny yeah. thing is, the funny story about that, I was uh, I was working with a customer um, a few months ago and we did a change. Well, it was a whole weekend situation where we were doing a bunch of changes in the environment and whatnot. And so we were in this, you know, war room, whatever. Uh, and it was a Zoom call that they were on and, and we were on and they all had avatars <laughs> and there is something absolutely hilarious about you know someone that you know um all of a sudden being you know represented by a monkey or a fox <laughs> yeah. or something right it just brings this element of of humor to to a pretty stressful situation that uh, I, I will say was was pretty funny um because when someone's talking about this you know why we have this outage on my mobile device but he's actually an owl but yeah no I, I i hear what you're saying i think that makes sense and i think i think you know as with everything like um things will evolve and 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 those of us who who don't like evolution will have to catch up right i want to ask though is this uh, not in the bucket of etiquette 
of we have this, um, especially when we do a lot of meetings, we have uh, an unspoken expectation of what meeting etiquette should be, but there's not this common set of shared culture or shared values that actually talks about, well, make sure that you're on camera, make sure that you are on mute if you're in a noisy environment and don't book meetings for an entire hour. If, if it's between eight and nine, make it up a little bit before, sorry, make it a little bit after and, and don't end it on mm. the hour because people don't want to do back to back to back to back meetings. And unspoken is the problem. You, 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 you touched yeah. on there. Unspoken is the problem. Like, because what you think is like the, the, the things you just listed out are either implicitly or explicitly what you think everybody should be doing. Mm. Like, there's I somebody else really in the organization ask. who's like, well, 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 I think we should be going back to back to back because we're very busy and we have lots to do. So, so uh, the, you touched on something really important there. And I think there's, there's something about all organizations need to do this agree what the the, mm. the the guidelines are and guidelines not rules because you know different departments different people work in different ways but some mm. some best practice etiquette about you know mute on when you can or like you, we talk about video like if, you, if you're gonna not be engaged in the meeting it's probably better to be off video than on video and obviously disengaged you know that kind of thing mm. so um is it is it okay to join from you know your, your mobile sometimes when you got to the school run is it okay to mm. you know book a late meeting with your colleagues how do you deal with that situation that there's a lot of etiquette that we haven't worked out and, and, and agreed on in organizations that's a good point you know when i was um previous in my previous role i i worked at slalom over in the us and they had a really really good system and it was just kind of part of the onboarding of of when you when you joined right if you're scheduling a meeting and it's and it's uh internal and you want to you know give yourself a break from video you could you know it was put you put it in the uh in the subject whether it's video optional video required type mm. of thing right yeah and so every meeting that you had that was internal typically you knew whether um whether it was going to be video optional and so you you also knew coming into the meeting that there was an expectation you would have video on so you could yeah. you know do your hair or wear a t-shirt or whatever the, the you know the case yeah. was um which i thought was a really really good sort of way of doing it and i've not actually come across anyone else any customer or, or other otherwise mm. who actually implements that so i think that's a good takeaway for anyone kind of listening to this and struggling with that potential um you know that same problem within their own organization and their own culture mm. it's like having a mobile phone in your hand versus having a mobile phone in your hand and looking at it in the middle of a conversation yeah putting yeah, it down really, on the table that's a really good yeah. one yeah so it's a, it's a you can tell on video as well it's very obvious if people are disengaged because their eyes are darting about and they're typing yes. things like that and again like maybe in an internal meeting we've agreed that that's cool because i want to know you're about but not the entire meeting's not about you it's cool. when it's when it's a customer meeting obviously it's a lot trickier um mm. I, I i quite in, in my meetings i'll be like look i'm gonna make a ton of notes on the in this meeting i've got two screens you're gonna see me going back and forth right because i have to mm. make notes to keep up but like I, I, i'm engaged kind of thing um uh, one great more thing expectation on management go on yeah well, another because you just probably be another a good one on the etiquette i saw an organization that used virtual backgrounds by default and they were super mm. aware that they've got um some execs with very plush looking home offices that you know look really good and, and they've got other people that are working from you know shared and house bedrooms yeah. and, uh, and they were like yeah. oh this is really we don't want to 
it kind of for, a force everybody to video because they might not always be able to but like let's all at least have a virtual background so we've got this consistency of like we're not being like well i'm having a great time in my you know plush home office and, and you've got to join from your your desk in your bedroom kind of thing yes oh well well played uh, i wanted to pivot towards education tom and i know that the last few months of your life have been very heavily focused on education and uh I was actually super chuffed when we spoke and you, you talked about what it is that you're doing and actually what, what you're doing for the community and how much Teams education you're actually producing on your platform. Do you, do you mind expounding on that? Yeah, no, I'd love to. I'd love to get your opinions as well. So, so, so it, we talked to a lot of people before we launched and I, I went through all these different learning management systems and content management systems because the original idea was just to go buy an off-the-shelf content management system and use it. And there was nothing that quite met our requirements. So we wanted to have traditional learning paths potentially, but we wanted people to be able to jump around them depending on topic. We want to constantly update content because Teams changes all the time. So I've just updated the licensing video for, you know, because Teams Premium and, and all that new stuff. But I don't want to create a whole new learning path for that. Mm. But equally, I, I want to have the content over multiple learning paths. So a pre-sales person needs to know about licensing and general teams architecture and tenants but they don't need to know the weeds of all the compliance features so we had all these uh, challenges around uh, what we need to do to serve the, the, the kind of learner and one of the big ones was actually short sharp content and up-to-date content so tom morgan does all the credit for the platform stuff it's all built on azure but essentially we have a, a system where we have uh, quizzes short content so we try and stick to about 15 minutes or less we pull in subject matter experts. So no one person can cover all the teams. It's too big a product. Mm -hmm. So so I would rather go to somebody who's an expert in VDI or analog or SBC and say, look, can you do us a 15-minute briefing? And, and it's a complete win-win, or at least I think it is, because we have the sponsors are happy to back the content without influencing the content. And that's been a, a big thanks to them. They're, they're happy just for the chance to get some eyeballs. We can pull in subject matter experts and we have over 1500 teams professionals on the platform now and some of them just dip in for the monthly updates and that's it that's our most popular content 15 minutes every month what's new what's changed message center new features roadmap um some of them are going through ms 700 course end to end and, and a bunch are in the middle like they'll drop in and out they'll they'll go research some something in particular and it's super interesting because we pull all the stats on the back end so we can see what topics are popular what do we need to do more content on where are people dropping off even um we can see where people are repeating the video so we get these heat maps on the back end so it's like oh there's this big spike where people watch that three times like they're either interested oh, wow. or i've done a bad job on explaining it because they've had to go over it three times so it's, it's early days for the platform but our our plan is to take that data and just produce better and better and more focused content so eventually um, oh, i did mention we have a team's bot as well that pushes out notifications to people say hey there's new content we can kind of customize say oh chris appears to mostly be interested in room system stuff we just added a room briefing let's ping chris and say hey there's another room briefing that you might be interested in how hard was it to build that uh well easy for me because i just i asked tom to do it <laughs> uh, i think i think it's fairly it's, it's tough um we, we've used a lot of microservices it's it's way easier to build having mm. built you know pm's uh, products in the past 
um, really we're pulling together lots of uh, kind of micro SaaS's if you like. So we use Wistia for the video hosting. So that's all the reporting does that. It's all running on you... Kubernetes, I guess. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's mostly, yeah, it's mostly microservices, mostly Azure, but like actually it's lots of independent services. So we use a product called Outsetter for the, the account management. We use Authio for the authentication. We use Wistia for the videos. So we haven't built the components from scratch. We've just brought them together on Azure, really. Uh, but it's, it's amazing when you get into that well, some, I know some of you guys, you kind of poke around there as well. There's like a micro SaaS for everything these days. So you want re reporting, you want video hosting, you want authentication, even like real esoteric things. There are micro SaaSs for them. Uh, so, so we've been lucky like that. Uh, Wisty is amazing. And Wisty is mostly a marketing video platform, hence all the analytics. Mm. But we've kind of, we, we spoke to them quite a lot and we were like, well, we're doing LMS, they were like, oh, okay. Hence the, the video heat maps are seeing where people drop off. That's marketing people wanted that, but it's amazing for us because we can see it from a, a content perspective. Uh, so, yeah, I think Tom deserves a lot of credit for, for what he's pulled together, and people can check it out at empowering.cloud, sign in LinkedIn or, or email. Um, but it's kind of only the beginning. We want to get the the back end to have a bit more of an advanced understanding of what the learner is interested in and use the team's bot to say, hey, you might be interested in this or this is the next most relevant thing for you. Are you, are you planning to kind of expand that from sort of team's focus to other topics and other sort of pillars as well? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And like, not in the short term, because Teams right. is so, so yeah. massive, we want to really yeah. nail it. Um, I, I can see us going out to modern workplace, potentially, like we've already got some Viva content, because people in our, in our community need to know the basics of Viva. So that came up as an ask. Um, so, so I think we'll expand over time. I can't see us ever going further than kind of Microsoft modern work because there's I mean we're not trying to be plural site or CBT nuggets we're mm. not like like a, a, a here's a general course to everything we want to build a community not just a bunch of content and to build a community I think you need to be focused I'd rather yeah. have like a, a couple of thousand teams professionals who are super engaged on helping each other get the right information than yeah. 5,000 sort of interested in Microsoft 365 people at least that's my thinking I think that that makes sense. And I think that's a, that's a really good way to, to like, it's good to have that focus and that sort of vision going into it. Cause I think what happens is a lot of times folks kind of go into something, it's a good idea, but then when they get the, see the power of what it can do, mm. all of a sudden then mm. it just becomes, oh my goodness, like how can we conquer everything? And I think yes. staying focused sounds like a really, a really good way. I'm, I've not checked it out, but I'm keen to, uh, uh, keen to check it out. Yeah, I'd, I'd love your feedback. And, and the community bit is the, the hardest bit to get going. So people will come and watch the briefings and we're doing well on the numbers for watching. We're still stoking that kind of fire of people people helping people and people asking questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the real secret to what we're trying to deliver is I know who's on there. I know that they're all, you know, like some 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 bunch of partners, a bunch of enterprises. I talk to lots of people one to one, and they'll ask me questions. And I'm like, well, like let's get that into the community because I know the people who have the answer, and they're not me. So it's about connecting mm -hmm. people as much as it is about content. Because guess what? The cloud moves so fast that people, you might be the first tenant seeing this weird issue, or mm -hmm. there might be. 20 people seeing it but none of you are talking to each other so nobody knows that they're all hitting the same issue or they're, they're hitting a weird edge case so i think just more communication in the community with the pace of change is going to be really powerful but do you think that that's also been affected sort of like by covid like i i i find a huge disconnect as far as communities concerned now after covid like you know 
everybody used to go hang out together and talk and then you know you'd meet in like a user group or a place or something and you know you would end up talking and then you would actually end up actioning something but i'm finding it's very very difficult to get people to do stuff now after covid it's like come yeah. share this with us please and people are like eh. I, I think i think you're right yeah. Yeah. so we, we we recently started up our london user group our london user group has been going for like 10 10 years amazingly um, we're, we're, the, we're the people yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and also the other thing we, we did an after like a thursday night type thing so it would be a couple mm. of hours of community and then and then beers not so many people are in town anymore so actually yeah. like, like getting them to yeah, come in is a big big difference but yeah i think you're right there's a there's a, also i think there was a bit of an online overload so with online mm. stuff it's like well i'm already spending all day at my computer do i want to spend extra time on you know community stuff on yeah. the computer it's yeah a, it's a difficult challenge now a difficult problem to solve right and i it's quite funny that you said that warren because i was i was literally just thinking about this like yesterday or the day before and i was kind of thinking to myself man i there's something missing in my life right now right and it's 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 that like absolute kind of mm. overwhelming sense of community that we're so used mm. to i mean you know the three of us talk all the time and I've this year I made a, an effort and that's why we bumped into each other in Denver Tom because I made an effort I was like I can't have another year with no like, yeah. interaction and conferences and and mm. I'm so happy that I just made the effort I you know got on a plane up I went over for some other stuff as well but went to Denver I really enjoyed the the, the conference and bumped into you and Cookie and all, all the other people it was it was a lot of fun you know yeah um, we're, we're definitely missing some of that the other thing I'm noticing is we're not getting new up-and-comers into certainly into my communities mm. I see, yeah like because like, we, we used to have people come to the user group who would come to a couple and you know we'd have conversations with them and we'd be like oh, oh you're doing a really interesting thing like come talk for five minutes like like no pressure just yeah. or like even our, our user group is super casual so often it ends up in a mm. conversation with the people in the room more than a presentation mm. um exactly uh, the and same, i feel yeah. like we, we pulled some people through into the you know, kind of community yeah. really, quote unquote i don't really believe in sort of superstructure but like the, they, they got into the mix i think that's mm. a lot harder online because mm. like what do you you don't have the sort of direct engagement say oh i see i see a spark in somebody there they should yeah. come through mm -hmm. and there's not much of a uh, it's, it's quite a big jump from i attended some virtual meetings to now i'm right. presenting on a virtual meeting yeah. and also you know in some ways the money's not there as well right so like i've noticed like me especially you know working for microsoft and running a user group i used i run the, the azure user group here in, in Joburg, and it has been so difficult to get people to commit to anything it's like getting a speaker once a month is like pulling teeth. I mean, I'm having an Azure bootcamp this month on the 26th of November. We're putting a lot of time and a lot of effort yeah. into making this thing happen, but like nobody wants to talk at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had one two years ago and I got like 60 submissions. Yeah. Like people were just jumping and that jiving at the at the chance to that's crazy when so hot get some, as well it's like yeah and get, get some get some nice speaker swag you know we'll have a nice logo done this year people are just like nah. and so like i actually can't get enough speakers for the two venues and it's actually really frustrating because yeah. i i don't know what to do and because i'm not an mvp anymore i'm like seen as the enemy I'm on the inside. I'm on the inside now. It's like, oh yeah, sorry, sorry guys. I work for Microsoft now. I'm not allowed to do anything for the community. Uh, but it's it's very, very frustrating that 
like this change has happened before it's like you said before covid dude people used to come around tuesday evening have a couple of beers have a hamburger and talk yeah. about whatever was released that week yeah. and this doesn't happen anymore i mean i like yeah. i miss it you need to switch like it up and do pizza there's going to be a food truck but that's still not getting people to come yeah i think maybe we're just warming back up to it a lot of people are kind no, of, maybe. You know, they've got they've got used to being at home and it's like getting back out in the mix you know mm-hmm. like to, to there's that traditional thing of a lot of it people are more introverted than extroverted as well so mm-hmm. there is some friction there of just going into yeah. a room of people mm-hmm. i think some some of us don't feel that as much because we're probably on the you know the stand up in front of people side of that coin but um yeah i, I hope we get back to a more of a balance mm. to your point i'm i'm confident Lon- we're lucky with london i mean it's such a big place with lots of people that we can mm. usually break you know 20 to 50 people without breaking too mm. much of a sweat the other thing that's nice yeah. about teams selfishly is it's the only product in microsoft i think that has absolute dependency on ecosystem so you can't mm. complete a team's project without mm. the device vendors without compliance recording without telephony providers so there's this ecosystem of, the, uh, of vendors partners who always have a place to play i think some of the other technology areas it's tough you look at sharepoint like there was a massive massive ecosystem around that product in the early days i feel like some of that has dropped off now as microsoft have got better at plugging gaps so i think there's something to be said for if there's an ecosystem around a product and a bunch of partners there's more activity the more microsoft do in in the product which is fine it's their job to do it the more microsoft have to take on the community element because there's not the ecosystem to boost the community but i think also microsoft's sort of involvement in the Teams community is, is great though, right? There's really great engagement with Laurie and, and folks like that. Which yeah, I think we're, some of the other areas, lucky. yeah, some of the other areas perhaps don't have that same enthusiasm, if, if we uh, should put it that way. I, I think power power platform, power apps, that seems to have a really yeah. strong community. That's, 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 that's Anna. That's... Yeah. 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 Um, you're right. Well, uh, that, there's the explanation why. Exactly. Right? <laughs> you just, you yeah. Just say it, right? Now you know why. Anna's over to Azure now, isn't she? So, uh, so, oh, is she really? Yeah, just yeah. recently. I didn't um, know. That. She's awesome. She's amazing. Like, um, like, so, so yeah. I think Teams was treated like a startup internally, and they really grabbed onto that community mm. first thing. Like, uh, loads of credit to Laurie for kind of a big part of that. Caruana's team, everything else. You're right. It, it, it varies between product. We've been lucky that we've had a lot of support. But I, I would say ecosystem is a big part. Like I couldn't be doing what I'm doing with Empowering Cloud without the sponsors, and the sponsors exist because there's 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 money to be made, frankly, mm. around Teams. Mm. Um, so we have that extra support to drive community and drive engagement. Mm. If you have a product that doesn't have that same ecosystem, it's a lot more on your shoulders. That makes sense, I think. Um, so look, being conscious of the time, um, this has been a Great conversation, but I can see Nick. That went went quickly, eh? It does. It always does when you're having fun, though, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, super interesting. uh, Tom, before we let you go, um, you've talked about so many awesome things here. Is there anything that you want to plug? Um, You know, we'll put any links or anything in the show notes, but any way you want to be found on social media, things like that, that you want to kind of uh, let the audience know about? 
Sure. Yeah. So, so my my main social is, is is LinkedIn. Like that's just seems super hot for for our space. So LinkedIn, you can find me Tom Ruff, not there. Um, and, and of course, the Empowering Cloud. So if you just go to Empowering Cloud, it's completely free to to sign up and and get all the content and stuff. And you can log in with your, your LinkedIn login, or you can create an account. So mm-hmm. I, I guess for, for this audience as well, I, I'm really looking for for feedback. Like some of the t- things we talked about on this show about how we're framing the content, what people want to see. Uh, this is for, you know, for the community, not just for me. So I, I really want people to jump on, poke around and then ping me, just ping me directly on LinkedIn or Twitter or, or email and say, hey, this is good, this is bad, more of this, less of this, that'd be super helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, for I, the I longest time, that... sorry, sorry, Nick, sorry, Chris. for the longest time, Tom had a blog post that was how to uh, code sign a PowerShell script using a DigiCert certificate um, and I used to use that blog post religiously. Every time I released a new version of any of my scripts, I would go up to Thomas' blog, <laughs> go and find that blog post and, and, and use it. And I actually tried to do that like three days ago when I released a new, cop, a new version of uh, Connect365 and I could not find the blog that post anymore maybe my searching was off or something oh maybe we, we did tidy up the blog recently it's funny it's funny what pops it's funny what pops on the blog i've been saying this to people coming up blogging actually it's like you, you'll throw blogs up for your own reference and it'll be yes. absolute fire like the, the blog yes. does does over a million hits a year which is just insane wow. but the really odd post like there's a post about um sorting out numbering on word documents it does like <laughs> like 10 20 000 hits and it's like it's just it's just a perpetual problem from like 2015 to now um so so yeah for anybody blogging out there just blog everything because you never know what people are going to find value in it's true yeah I've, I've used many of your blog posts dude like oh, even i mean geez back back in the day when we were doing teams direct routing stuff with nick and you know what devices did what where and how mm. first thing you would do would go to tom's blog because you knew it would be there yeah <laughs> just just it's just an external brain i like the vlog has been oh. such a such a such a you know it's a, it's a it's a labor of love it's sunday night with a glass of wine and blogging but um yeah and the network that builds you know like you guys mm-hmm. and, and others uh, yeah if on a, on a on a kind of closing off point if you've got the opportunity to blog stuff then it's, it's highly valuable for the community and for you i think mm-hmm. agreed so we are going to add the urls for well it's, it's not a difficult site, but we'll add it to the, the show notes as well. And so that'll be added to both uh, SoundCloud as well as YouTube, wherever you choose to consume the show. And um, Tom, we've really enjoyed having you on the show and we'd love to have mm. you back. Yeah, that's thanks great for fun. All, yeah, thanks for all you do. Oh, yes, thank you yes, very much. Thanks for all you do, for sure. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. And likewise, the stuff you put out is really, really quality. So I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc.